Welcome to the Microphone Minutes podcast. My name is Laura. Welcome. And I'm welcome to the Microphone Minutes podcast. My name is Barath. And I'm Kyle. You interrupted me again. It's hard to edit this out. Oh, I I thought you were going to just leave it in. I don't know. Welcome to the... uh, (laughs) Are you you redoing it again? (laughs) Please don't edit this out. Welcome to the... (laughs) All right, I'm not editing that out. You know who we are. My name is Barath. Thanks for tuning in again. I can't, any of our repeated fo- listeners, thank you so much. We appreciate you. So, uh, Barath, any... Say your uh, name. I, I said Kyle. I said it at one point. Oh, Whatever, okay. I'm Kyle. You, if, if, you, if, if this is the first episode you're listening to... We're new to this. Why? It's okay. I mean... Listen to the other you know, ones, though. Yeah, yeah. go ahead and listen to the other one. I assume you're not, this isn't your first one. But if it is, welcome. This is, we don't normally do that kind of thing. <laughs> We're normally a little more professional. Yes, yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, we, before we get started, um, you know, brief overview of what we're going to be discussing this week. Uh, it's going to be The Bullet Train, which is a movie by Brad, or I don't know if it's by Brad Pitt, but it has Brad Pitt. Starring Brad Pitt. Yes, Brad Pitt. Um, the director is other... one of the directors of the John Wicks. Ah, that that does make sense. Chad Stahelski, something like that. Um, but before we get to Bullet Train, uh, Kyle, you have anything interesting happen to you this week? I don't necessarily have something interesting that happened to me this week, but I have like a really short story. So, <clears throat> where I uh, where I work, I do. I'm I'm generally at like different locations here and there depending on the week because it's i'm like in a newer sort of position at the company i work at so they're kind of having me hop around with like helping training and other new people or taking care of tasks at different locations just to keep me busy because other locations won't have like stuff for me to do and at one location i there's a lot of coworkers that are like elderly like i'd say like 70s ish range 60s 70s they're like like they're doing this job because it's a it's a low stress job it's like something they they do like they're retired and they just do it you know to fill the time a little bit and yeah stay busy and have a little extra income so that they don't go through their social security and retirement fund too quick like one of them actually said like they're doing it because they were running out of social security and buying too many books (laughs) but anyway there's there's this one guy who the the manager of the place he kind of like he kind of like shoots the shit with he's like hey hey man i'm coming over to your house for dinner tonight and the guy and then he's like the hell you are but like the the manager's like a younger than them he's probably i don't know like 30s or 40s i'd guess probably 30s anyway so last i think last friday the manager to the to the worker that was leaving the worker was leaving and the manager's like hey hey man have a peaceful weekend and he was like I can't. I'm married. That's my whole story. That's. I just thought that was funny to see one of those type of uh, spouse classic fifties. Uh, I hate boomer being married humor. jokes in person. <laughs> well, it's not really boomer. It's like the generation before boomers. Yeah, like, I, I will say, like, I I feel like 
Yes, definitely. Like, it falls into, like, I know it's not technically boomers, but it, like, kind of falls into the, oh, I hate being married kind of thing. Actually, but I also actually, think it's... No, wait. Maybe it is boomer generation. I don't know. Regardless, I also think it's, like, kind of cute because, like, I don't know. It, it, I, I feel like the joke is they're not being serious, right? They're just Yeah, I imagine they it. don't mean yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, like it, I don't know. It's, that kind of reminds me of, like, a... You're, you're, I know you hate the show, Baroth, but it reminds me of a skit in... um. Uh, I think you should leave in season two. There's, I don't think I've shown, shown you this skip, but it's a pretty good one. There's one where like, there's a group of guys, they're like making like, ah, oh, my wife's the worst jokes. And this one guy makes one and he's like, yeah, I hate my wife. And then there's like this whole like flashback sequence where he's like trying to like have a significant role in a play, but another guy keeps stealing his lines and his wife is like supporting him through it all. And she's like, you know, being super nice to him and stuff and, you know, being a good partner to him and then it goes back to like you know the present where he's at with at the other dudes and he's like guys i and he's like having a mental breakdown he's like i didn't mean it guys i i'm sorry i i, I love my wife i would never i didn't i would never mean anything like that i was just joking and they're like yeah we get it man he's like no i gotta i gotta leave i gotta go see my wife it's a it's kind of a funny skit that's cute but yeah you just remind me of that what about what about you broth would you uh you have any anything eventful from the past week yeah, um, well, as you know, uh, as you have given me shit for it on several occasions, my phone hmm. is uh, pretty cracked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's a pretty like, old have phone, you gotten too. like Have you ever gotten, like, glass shards stuck in your yep. like, mm. fingers from that? Yeah, oh God. I had to pull it out. It was, it was really weird, because I pulled one bit of it out, but there was, like, a teeny tiny, like, bit of it that was still inside the, the like, the hole i guess and it w- i could feel it at certain angles because it, w- it would prick me and i'm like there's nothing in my hand i pulled out the glass shard but um like it would prick me only at certain angles so it was really weird not to like keep squeezing it and i eventually got it out um but yeah and, no. and how long has your phone been like this actually not too long um i had a screen protector for a good chunk of the time i've had it i've had this phone for like six years almost um it's a it's a wow. pretty old phone it's an iphone um but yeah, uh, up until like earlier this year, so maybe like seven-ish, eight-ish months ago, it was fine. Um, it was cracked, but not as badly as it is now. But there was a screen protector on top of it, and I think the screen protector was kind of holding it together. The screen protector was cracked, and the screen underneath it was cracked, but it was all kind of held together. Um, but then I dropped it again, and the screen protector... <laughs> uh, hey, come on. It's normal. Everyone does it. Um, but the screen protector... Uh, you know, kind of shattered completely, uh, less so than the phone, but the screen protector was like just awful. So I had to take it off. And then, um, I dropped it again and then the screen cracked more. What, uh, what, what surface are you dropping your phone on? Cause mostly, my, I never mo- have cracks like that. I don't know how, but they don't like, sit in my pocket. I have like the opposite problem of like women's clothing where my pockets are too big and they just slide out. What? It just slides out. I don't know. I wear a lot of sweatpants, so maybe it's because of that, and they're kind of like loose or something. Dude, you gotta um, wear like, you gotta wear like yoga pants, men's yoga pants. That way, it's not gonna slide out. It's nice and I, tight in there. <laughs> maybe, but like at the end of the day, I don't do anything. It just pops. Like I'm sitting on the couch, I get up, and it just falls onto the floor, and I'm like, why? But is is it a? Does it not fall onto the? Okay, never mind. I was gonna ask if it doesn't. Sometimes it falls, falls onto the couch, the couch but other times yeah. it. Yeah, it's gonna fall. Is it onto the like floor. a like what kind of floor is it? 
Is it wood? Like wood or, tile or something? Or? Yeah, like wood. You need like a rug under the couch then for safety or something or some pillows yeah. on the ground there. Yeah, I also didn't have a case for it because my original case uh, kind of got wrecked after a while. Not because I dropped it, it just kind of got worn out. Um, oh, sure, and I took sure, it off. sure, you didn't drop it, sure. How do you destroy, like, a rubber case? Is that even possible? Like, you can damage you tell me. <laughs> Regardless, I didn't have a case on, and it cracked and all that. Um, but, uh... Yeah, uh, basically, my phone is my phone is re- really messed up. Um, I've had oh, it yeah. for like a really long time, like almost five to six years now. So I went and got the latest phone, um, which is the iPhone 14 Pro, which, you know, I've heard about how the 13 is basically as good as the 14, and I could have saved money on that. Well, no, yeah, but the, the, but the 14 Pro has that notch that you can move around now. Yes, the dynamic island. And also, That's like, I'm going to keep this phone for, like, another five or six years. Unless I crack it. Even if I crack the screen, I'm going to get the screen replaced, <laughs> right? Like, I'm not going to get a new phone. Why don't you Why don't you keep it Keep it in a case? I'm going to keep it in a case, protector. and I have a screen protector. I bought those even before I got the phone. Um, but basically, yeah, we, we went to the, the carrier's store. Um, there's actually two stores. One of them had like five people there and they were like, oh yeah, it's going to take like three hours uh, or something um, to get you out of here. Uh, what? I went to the why? carrier store, right? To get the new phone. Yeah. Why, right? why would it take three hours? Because they had five people in queue before us. Oh, I thought you meant there were five people working there. I was like, if there were five people working there, how could none of them <laughs> get you? No, no, there was a bunch of people before us. So then oh, okay, we're like, okay, okay we're not going to stick around here for that long. So we got in a car and we're driving away from this location. Um, like, we're like, I oh, will come back tomorrow or something. And on our way, I look over and I see another store and it's got no one near it. Like this store mm-hmm. is like three miles from the first one. And I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. do you guys want to stop there? Because it looks deserted. And we go in, and it's literally us. <laughs> no one else. So we uh, we order the phones, and uh, they're going to get here at some point um, soon, hopefully. And uh, to uh, make sure I don't crack the screen again, I've already uh, ordered screen protectors and cases. Um, and uh, I have them sitting upstairs. Um, Good so, move. Yeah. Good move. I think I need a new phone case because like, I have... So I have like this uh, little kickstand and like magnet on the back of my phone because, you know, I like I like to watch videos on my phone a lot. So I like having the kickstand and the magnet is for like when I'm driving to have like it like to I have a like a magnetic mount in my car that I put it on. But like I've, I've only had this like I got this case like a, a like maybe a month ago because my old case was kind of getting worn out and I just wanted like a newer one because like when you get a new a new phone case. It also kind of feels like you have a new phone because it feels different and everything, you know? So I was like, I'm going to get a new case. And I got this one, but like the kickstand, a chunk of it is like already broken. So I think I'm going to get another, another new case, but I mean, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not like buying crazy expensive cases, probably like a 10, $15 case, something like that. So I'm probably going to get another one that hopefully doesn't like break apart. And also this case is a little bulky compared to my previous one. So like I wasn't really too happy with this case in the first place after I got it, so I'm I'm kind of okay with an excuse to get another new case. But I mean, there's no rush. Makes sense. Um, I what I've been case. getting, I've gotten the MagSafe stuff, like the MagSafe case and accessories for it. Um, because you can buy like stamps that you can attach to the magnets, or you know, attach. Well, to yeah, like but a- I like when this 
when the stand is like built into the phone because then it doesn't take up too much space because I don't want it to be like like a whole one inch stack sticking out of my phone, you know. Well, the nice thing with that is you can also like remove it because it's magnetic. Hmm. So you don't actually have to have it equipped all the time. Yeah, but I like having it equipped all the time. Because I could like go to a, I don't know, I could be like going to a restaurant and I could set my phone on the table with a little stand and I don't have to bear, worry about remembering to bring it. Or I could be in the in in the kitchen making food and I won't have to be like, oh, let me go to my room and grab a my kickstand attachment thing. I don't know. I just like having it, everything in the case, just nice and slick and simple. Hey, whatever floats your boat. Um, but yeah, that was my story for the week. Um, and yeah, I guess we can go on to the next thing. Um, oh, yeah, so as, as as you already said, we're talking about Bullet Train this week, which by the time this comes out, it's probably on like digital and maybe Blu-ray. I don't know when the Blu-ray releases, but we're recording this... Uh, early October, so we just saw it, like, in theaters, probably one of its last week's running. It was my second time seeing it. It was your first time seeing it, right? Yes. Okay, so what was what were your expectations going into the movie? Yeah, so I honestly, um, I had seen a couple trailers, and I'm actually the one who kind of pushed for this movie. I think we were thinking about doing another movie, um, but I was like, hey, mm-hmm. bullet train. Um and the reason I wanted to see it is because based on the trailer, it just seemed like a very chaotic movie, but like in a good way. And it seemed kind of funny, at least from the trailers. And I was like, hmm, mm-hmm. seems interesting enough. Um, and frankly, I wasn't super enthusiastic about some of the other options that were available uh, in theaters. Um, so that's kind of why I wanted to go with this movie. So you were just expecting like a fun, funny, chaotic time? Yep. Would you say you got that? Oh yeah. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I, I like I remember seeing the trailers in the theaters a bunch, and I, I, I don't know if like it's if most people liked the trailer or disliked the trailer, but I liked the trailer. I like, I thought it looked pretty fun, just like a light-hearted movie, you know, with some solid action and some funny moments and a lot of like good actors and stuff. And I'd say I came away satisfied with that. Like it's not. It's not a deep movie. Like, don't go in expecting it to be like a life changing movie where, like, whoa, I see the world totally different. Like, it's not that. It's it's just a fun time. Okay, so summary. Um, I can so, go. F- yeah, do you want to? Or I, I can start us off. Um, I don't think I've done summaries very frequently. Um, I won't get into too much of the nitty gritty details. But yeah, let's just do a quick overall. Yeah. So Brad Pitt, he works for a company, um, or an organization where he's uh a hired assassin or mercenary or agent. He's just, you know, he does things, uh, whatever the need may be. Sometimes it's like... I think he's, I think he says that he's, he normally does grab and go jobs. But the organization in general... snatch and grab? Yeah. Um, But the organization... you go in, get something that you need to get, get out. Yeah. Generally it's illegal or criminal related underground, you know. That kind of stuff. Um, But like the organization itself also supports more kill people related missions as well um so yeah brad pitt you know uh 
right away you get a feeling that this guy isn't like like he's talking about you know meditating and talking to his therapist mm-hmm. and how he doesn't like violence um and his like he's the opposite of what you'd expect from a story like this you know you're like john wick you'd ex- you know this hardened guy that's like i'm gonna kill you all and brad pitt's like i have a new outlook on life i'm gonna find peaceful solutions <laughs> yup and he like gets the sup- uh, supply drop not supply drop he walks into um this train station, this bullet train station in Tokyo. I think it's Tokyo. Is it Tokyo? Uh, Somewhere in Japan. Japan. Yeah. I think bullet it's Tokyo. Bullet train station in Japan. Yeah. Probably. I think it's probably Tokyo. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he's getting all the supplies he needs for the mission. But basically, he needs to go pick up this briefcase. Um, and Simple as that. Yeah. Just get on go- the train, grab the briefcase, get off at the next stop. That's his mission. Yep. And... Uh, his agent is like, hey, grab the gun. Because one of his supplies is like, you know, different resources he needs and includes a gun. And he's like, no, I have a positive outlook on life. I want to be a good guy. I'm not taking the yeah. gun with me. And that's he's not, something... he's not a fan of guns. Yeah. And you see that kind of like throughout the movie, right? He's always trying yeah. to like use nonviolent uh, approaches to solving situations. And it usually doesn't work out his way. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. And, you know, he gets on the train, he grabs the briefcase, and he's about to get off, and that's when the shenanigans start, right? Because initially, yeah. he's like, ah, it's all very easy. Um, and prior to this, you had also seen this other guy who's Japanese. Um, like, he was speaking in Japanese, and his son's in the hospital, and he's, like, on a vendetta to kill some lady who... Yeah, he's uh, known as the father. They all have, like, code names. Brad Pitt's Ladybug, there's this guy, the father, his son, yeah. Yeah. Pushed off a building, so he's going after the person who killed his son. Tried to kill him. On the train. The kid is like, not all dead the, yet. There's a bunch of people on the... Oh, yeah. Push this kid off. He's, yeah. he's Everyone is on this train trying to either do a job or like get revenge yep. on someone. Yeah. And uh, basically, you know, you have a bunch of different uh, characters all related to this briefcase. And some people are out on the train killing other people for like no reason, it seems like. Others are all like trying to fight over this briefcase. And sometimes, like, there are two people on this train who just randomly show up for something completely unrelated, but they happen to find someone else that they want to kill, and they start attacking each other. Um, I don't want to get into too many details, because there's a lot going on, a lot of, like, interconnected relationships. Um, And a lot of it's, like, really funny, because they, like, do flashbacks, and it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, what? It kind of, like, by the end, it becomes a parody of itself with, like, the flashbacks. It's like, yeah, you're going through, you're seeing all, like, the cast of characters their code names and then it has flashbacks to like what they did in the past and then there's like aspects where they're kind of like intertwined here and there and then at the end you meet like the big bad guy the was was it the 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 white death the white death i think yep i think so something the like white that. death so like they they talk about the white death all throughout and then finally he shows up at, at the end and it's like you know the climactic battle kind of mm-hmm. between him and like Brad Pitt and the other like supporting characters that make it to the end. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of them die before they get to the end. Yeah. Um, there's a, yeah. Um, and like, like, I'd say half, at least half. Yeah. Probably more, but yeah. So that's the general summary. Let's, shall we jump into details? Mm-hmm. Like the, we already touched on it, but I liked the beginning, how Brad Pitt's talking about like, Oh, I don't, I don't do violence and stuff and it's, you know, it's setting it up and you're like, Oh, is he going to be trying to talk to him a lot or whatever? And then like you go into his first altercation, which if I recall correctly, it's with, uh, 
uh, Bad Bunny. That's his. That's the actor's name. Uh, but I don't remember the character's name. Is it like the Wolf? He was yeah, the Wolf. And they like he shows up at the first stop. Like he's about to get off. Brad Pitt's about to get off at the stop, but then the Wolf is standing there, and then you get like this whole backstory of him and how he like grew up in Mexico and stuff, and he got like this kick-ass song playing and then you see that like his uh his wife was killed along with most guests at their wedding and then like it goes to him versus brad pitt and brad pitt's like hey i don't want to fight you but this guy's just determined to kill him and then and this is one of the characters i said who was unrelated to what's going on and just happens to see brad pitt seemingly yeah seemingly unrelated well well, he, he went on there to get revenge for the person who killed his uh, his wife and everyone, which was the uh, the, the was hornet. viper, the hornet, the hornet, the hornet. Yep. But and what I'm saying hornet... is, he was here for the hornet. He just happened to see Brad Pitt, so it's like, oh yeah, yeah, like it's kind of unrelated, right? He wasn't there for Brad Pitt, but he saw him, and he's like, hey, you were also at my wedding. I'm gonna kill you too, because that's the thing. You yeah, get well, the flashback. Brad Pitt's got like a connection to most of the characters in this in some way. Mm. Because he's got a connection to them. He's got a connection to the Hornet because the Hornet was also at the wedding and she was the pastry chef. And I like I like how in the flashback of uh, the wolf, you see him get bumped into by Brad Pitt. Like you can kind of tell that that's Brad Pitt when you first see it. And you're like, that was that? I don't know. And then it shows another flashback where Brad Pitt actually bumps into him and you're like, and it was him. But I like, I like, the, like the little details like that. And then you have the other... So, so yeah, so then he tries to kill Brad Pitt by throwing a knife at him, but Brad Pitt deflects it, and it bounces back, and the wolf basically throws a knife that ends up going back and stabbing himself in the heart. And then he just dies. And, like, most of like most of the interactions between Brad Pitt and the his fights are kind of like that. Like, the hornet, the hornet, like... Well, no, Brad Pitt killed the hornet. Because she was trying to poison him. No, 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 no. So, so she she stabs him with the needle, but she doesn't like push it down. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't inject it fully. So then he takes it out and he stabs her and, and fully injects it. And then she's grabbing the antidote, and Brad Pitt grabs the antidote and like makes it like stabs like, himself, puts it, it into his neck. Yep. Yeah. And then she doesn't have like a backup antidote. And he's like talking like as she's dying, he's like, wait, you don't have a backup antidote? He's like, you really shouldn't do that. He's like, you should be smarter. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm mansplaining. <laughs> he's like just talking at her. And he's like, do you and want like a water dying. or something? And she's yeah. dying in like a horrifying way. Horrifying in a yeah, comedic just sense. Eyes bleeding and everything. <laughs> yep. So like you get a lot of that, right? Where he's still like trying to spin everything in like a positive way as awful things yeah. happen around him. And it's like every death is like somewhat comedic, right? Because that's the whole just mm-hmm. this movie um so and then there's the other i'd say the the like the next lead in the movie would be uh tangerine and uh lemon lemon that's it yeah which is uh aaron taylor johnson and brian tyree henry and i think they're a decent duo like i i wasn't like brian tyree henry his he's lemon right i think mm-hmm. yeah Lemon, so he like he has this thing where he's like, "Oh, I'm a big fan of Thomas the Tank Engine," and he's like, "Everyone's a character from it," and he's like putting stickers on people and stuff. And I thought that was a little too much. I thought I was like, "This kind of just feels forced," just to be like, "Oh, at the end, uh, uh, Joey King, her character has like the sticker on her, and that's how that's how uh, 
uh, Tangerine knows that she's bad. And like, that's the payoff. I thought it was kind of underwhelming and also like, like, like what grown adult carries around stickers of Thomas the Tank Engine is always talking about like, like Dude, I, don't, he's I don't care how big a fan you were as a kid. No one's like, no one's like that. Especially if you're a hitman. If you're a hitman, you're not going to be talking about Thomas the Tank Engine. Like that, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. I mean, I don't mind it overall. It's just, I think it's a little too much. Mm-hmm. But like, I like them as a duo. Um, they have, and then like, there's that part where uh, Brad Pitt and Aaron Taylor Johnson are like, "Oh, you need to have like the case and both Tangerine and Lemon at the station to show the, you know, the, the White Death's crew, you know, that you got everything." Mm-hmm. And then like, they have, they almost pull it off, and they have like a, like a fake, like a different briefcase that they just grabbed randomly on the train. And they're like, "Oh yeah, we got it right here." And then Brad Pitt just like spins the dial, just you know, to sell it, and then it opens up. I thought that was a pretty good moment there, mm. like a, a, a nice comedic. And the running moment. joke is that Brad Pitt has a lot of bad luck, um, yeah, which is why he's trying to be like more positive. And towards the end, he's like, "You know what? I'm gonna keep spinning my bad luck as good luck." And there's like this whole payoff of him, like how his bad luck, like sucks up all the bad luck that can happen to other people, and that. Well, yeah, that's down. what the uh, the other supporting one of the supporting characters said. The yeah. the father's father. Who's I can't I don't remember the actor's name, but he's he's in a lot of stuff. Like he was in uh, he was in Westworld for the Shogun episode. He was in Avengers Endgame, and he was killed by Hawkeye in Japan. And he was in Mortal Kombat, I think. As I think it was as Scorpion. It was either Scorpion or Sub Zero. I think Scorpion. But you know he's he's your token badass japanese samurai guy like and he, it seems like that's all he is in hollywood movies he's always like a samurai frankly, guy in my head i mean he he, he, pulls, he it pulls it off well yeah he definitely does he's like he's like the modern day toshiro mifune which you, you i assume you don't know the name but he was in like a bunch of samurai movies back in like the 50s and 60s but the clint eastwood of samurai the modern clint eastwood of samurai because mm-hmm. the Clint Eastwood Samurai, that's that was Toshiro Mifune. Okay, yeah. This okay. I gotta look up the actor's name because I feel bad not. He's like, so not good, yeah. It and saying he's so great, like oh, he's so great, but we don't know his name. We don't care enough to know his name. Yep. Um. But yeah, let's get to the ending of the movie because I feel like it's hard to do the play by play because again, the stories are so interconnected. It's like jumbled together. It's not confusing okay. It's, it's uh, I got it. It's Hiroyuki Sanada. Mm. Probably said that wrong. That's the name. Mm. Um, but I don't want to. I don't want to get into the exact details of everything because again, it's it's going to be like impossible for us to describe everything because yeah. it's all so interconnected. Um, and honestly, yeah, it's a lot of stuff to watch is it quick paced. Yeah, and it's not confusing yeah, I, while you're I, I watching. I really it. like. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, you, you kind of get whiplash from all the flashbacks, and sometimes the flashbacks feel unnecessary. Like, I I like the water bottle joke, but it kind of kills the momentum, and it doesn't. It doesn't really add anything except for like a laugh, because you're not seeing any extra stuff in the in like the the water bottles flashback. All you're seeing is like how Lemon first gets it, which it's not really anything all that special. It's just like, oh, look, it's stuck, and that kid got stuck, and now Lemon gets it knocked down by getting a bag of snacks above it, and then and then you see the part where Brad Pitt 
puts the powder in it. Then you see Brian Tyree Henry drinking it. Then you see it rolling around in the modern part. Like it's just, it's just there for the joke of it being the flashback after doing all the different flashbacks. But it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, but ultimately what ends up happening um, towards the end of the movie. And again, spoiler alert for this entire podcast. If, I mean, we've already kind of spoiled. Yeah, we spoil most of it. But um, towards the end, it turns out the reason there was so many conflicting stuff happening is because the White Death had gotten everyone on the train because he wanted to get rid of most of them, right? And, for revenge. Yes. And because so like so. I'm trying to remember what the whole plot was. Like, the, the twins... What did the twins do to contribute to it? So... I, oh, oh, they were in Bolivia, which means the White Death had to go to Bolivia, and while he was in Bolivia, his wife was had to, like, do something bail out because her, his... Bail out his son yeah, who was in jail. Bail out his son. Yeah, and his son, of course, was on the train and got killed mm. by the, the, uh, the Hornet. And then... So the wife then dies in a car crash, which was allegedly an accident but it turns out it wasn't mm. it was actually a hitman and that was the hitman that brad pitt was filling in for for this movie so brad pitt wasn't really supposed to be on the train yep because like, if you pay he it, wasn't because at the very beginning brad pitt's talking about how he's filling yeah. in for another guy named carver carver right and then it turns out the white that the reason he had orchestrated the entire thing was to kill carver and brad pitt's like i'm not carver yeah <laughs> and then we get a flashback and carver's and then we get a flashback of like how Carver kills him, and Carver pulls his helmet off, and it's Ryan Reynolds. He doesn't say anything, yeah. just smiles, and then that's the end of the cameo. Mm-hmm. But then anyway, so so then so yeah, so the wife she got killed essentially by Ryan Reynolds, who Brad Pitt was filling in for, her. and then the surgeon that would have helped her out had been killed like a week before or whatever by the Hornet, and I think that's everyone that was on the train yeah besides well like he got he also like the wolf i think the wolf was just on there for the hornet was the wolf connected to white death at all no um but he did i don't think he was connected to the white death but he got information about the hornet and also brad pitt was there and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then joey king she was the white death's daughter and she was like ah he always wanted me to be a boy and i want to be a badass girl (laughs) Or whatever, <laughs> like psychopath. She's just a little psychopath. And then you got, and then the father. Like she, why, why did she go after the father? Why'd she go after him and his kid? Because the father worked for the White Death, and she wanted to use the White Death. Oh, that's right. Who was her own dad, but she couldn't get a hold of him. She wanted to use the father um, by killing or trying to kill the son to get to the father to use him to get to the White Death to kill him. Right. But it turns out that the okay, the father yeah. and the father's father, the the, I forget his name, the guy we mentioned earlier, Mister, S- I believe his last name was Sonata. Mm-hmm. Turns out they worked for an organization before the white that took over. His character's name is the Elder. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Elder. Yeah, so he yeah. The Elder worked for an organization that the White Death took over. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was like, like probably second in command before the White Death took over, and he was like, "Hey, watch out for this White Death guy that's trying to join our, our whatever, our, our criminal organization." Gang. Yeah, J- don't let this guy join. And then he did, and then he 
you know, took over, killed everyone. Except for the elders. And also, thing. he killed yeah. the elders' family, like his wife and his kid. But it turns out his kid had actually survived. Yeah. And that's why the elder and the father and the son were, like, you know, so close. And they were also like, ah, yes, faith has brought us to here, and faith will end you. And, and that's what ends up happening. The final fight involves um, them all fighting each other, and good old Ladybug sucked all the bad luck out, and everyone... Who was good mm-hmm. survived, and the bad guys died. I, I actually, I actually like. I know I said it's not like a super deep movie, but I did like that little element where it's like, hey, a ladybug isn't lucky. A ladybug like absorbs all the bad luck, so everyone else around them can prosper. Like I, I like. I thought that was a nice little moment, a nice little emotional beat for like Brad Pitt, and he was still like that's stupid, <laughs> but I still like the idea. Mm-hmm. It also goes into like how Brad Pitt is trying to like make the world a quote unquote better place with his whole therapy yeah. stuff, and he's like, "I'm gonna make the world a better place. I'm gonna be a good person, et cetera, et cetera." <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the general gist of the movie, I think. Um. Mm-hmm. So, theories, predictions. What do you think is gonna happen? Well, I think. I don't know how I let me give me a moment. I'm going to check how well this movie did financially, but I feel like it was probably pretty good. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Hold on. Okay. So the budget, okay. The budget was 85 or 86 million worldwide. It made over 230 million. So it definitely turned a profit and like, it's got a lot of stars and it's action heavy and stuff. And I feel like it, there's a good chance it could have a sequel. So what kind of thing would you like? Let's talk about what kind of thing we'd like to see in the sequel. So, like, I feel like the obvious thing it probably it probably wouldn't take place on a bullet train. It'd probably be something else. It'd probably be some kind of transport, maybe a cruise or something. And I imagine Brad Pitt. It'll follow Ladybug again. Mm-hmm. But right? I could also see like Carver being there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It could be like a buddy comedy with Brad Pitt and Ryan Reynolds. Yep. I'd be game for yep. that. And like. I think the the thing about this movie that was good is that and it, could, it could be like because like because Brad Pitt everyone's like oh Carver's a jerk like it could be like them like a traditional I guess traditional like buddy cop thing where they don't get along mm. and Ryan Reynolds is just the asshole and Brad like maybe Ryan Reynolds is like oh I'm gonna like chop their heads off and Brad Pitt's like whoa let's find a peaceful solution or something like that mm, yep I feel like yeah and. I think a crew like I was thinking what what else is big enough for like it to be a major, you know, like yeah, thing cause... to move around. And a cruise would make sense. Um mm-hmm. or it could be like a resort or like some it doesn't need to be like a transport thing, but it has to be like yeah, a maybe, maybe like an island resort. Could be, yeah. Uh, I mean that although that kind of would be similar to I think it was called Hotel Artemis, which came out a few years ago and is a similar thing. Do you remember like seeing trailers? I imagine you haven't seen it, but yeah, it was like this thing where like a bunch of criminals are in this hotel where they like take it's like an underground place where they uh help like, you know, like give medical attention to like people in the criminal underworld. And actually Brian Tyree Henry was in that one too. And I think and I think he was he was actually in another in a brother duo just like how he was in this, but it was with Sterling K. Brown. And then let's see, uh Charlie Day was also in it and uh, Jodie Foster. Oh, and Dave Bautista was in that. It was Bullet Train was definitely better, and I they definitely have parallels because they're like both about underground criminal organizations and 
them like interacting with like like a lot of action and like snappy dialogue and stuff. But I think Bullet Train did it better and had better action and like better pacing. Mm. If you like, I, compare those, two I good. haven't seen that, but I can I can see that. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Okay. Uh, re- recommend I mean, Arm like Arm uh... Hotel okay. Artemis. I wouldn't really. Okay, sure. Um, but yeah, like it's like definitely in the sequel, I'd want to see Ryan Reynolds with Brad Pitt. Yep. And I, I think like the nice thing about this movie, I feel like is that it kind of showed off like a complex, complex network of this underworld, kind of similar to John mm-hmm. Wick, but it's like, yeah, you can definitely tell it's the same director. Yep. But like, it's a different take. It's more funny and enjoyable. And I thought yeah. that was really cool. And I, I would definitely like to see more of this world, um, whether it has Brad mm-hmm. Pitt in it or not. Um, just because I like, you know, the less seriousness and the more like casual and like funny nature yeah, of it. Makes... Action comedy. Yep. And I think that's pretty good. Um, I'd I'd like to see Brian Tyree Henry return since he survived. Like I I I just like Brian Tyree Henry as an actor. Mm-hmm. I'd like I'd like to see him in more. Like I love him in everything I see him in. Atlanta, Eternals. this Hotel Artemis, he was good. Yeah, Eternals. Spider Man in the Spider Verse, he was uh, Miles Morales' dad. Oh, yep. I'm sure there's one or two other things I can't think of that I've seen him in, but mm. yeah, he's always great. Mm. Um, ratings and recommendations. Uh, I can go first. Um, I would rate this. I'm not going to give it like a specific star rating, but I'd say it's pretty good. Uh, very enjoyable movie, but it's like it's like not Oscar worthy, right? It's not like some. Yeah, it's not. It's nothing deep or like. Yeah, it's it... artist. It's nothing like super artistic and revolutionary yeah and it's not even gonna be like the most actiony movie or the most comedic movie either but everything it does it does well enough that you can kind of go relax watch this movie forget about everything else for a little while and it gives you a little Mm -hmm. it does what a good movie should do it gives you a break from the real world and kind of wraps you up in its story and keeps you entertained for whatever length and i think it does a pretty good job with that yeah, I agree with what you said, and I'll just add on, like, I think action movies, like, you don't go to an action movie for, you know, super deep philosophy in it or anything like that. You go in it because you want to see action, and maybe you want to see comedy, and this has both, like, both of those. Like, the action's pretty solid. Like, you can tell what's going on. There's no, like, really, uh, like, jarring jump cuts that make it indistinguishable, but it's not, like... There's no like action sequences where I was like, holy crap, how'd they pull that off? You know, it's not like Mission Impossible or Mad Max. It's not like that, but it's like, it's good act. It's like John Wick, like level, I'd say in the, in like the action series, like you, you can appreciate it. And then like, it's the comedy is there. Like maybe not all the jokes would land, but it's at least fun. Like it's nothing that makes you go like, that wasn't very funny. It's just like, uh, it didn't work or whatever so like i think if you like the trailer you'd probably like the movie and also i like uh i just want to go back and say that i liked like the music elements in it like it had like i mentioned the wolf how they had his song i think the music was used really well on it to like keep the momentum and the like the energy going because it's like a high energy movie mm-hmm. you know like you mentioned at the beginning yeah um and the music helps with that yeah and i'd recommend this for li- really anyone who kind of likes action or comedy yeah yeah i think that's most people <laughs> yeah like I, I feel like if you show this to anyone odds are they'd probably like it yeah um 
I was also going... like super, super art, art, artisan purist. Right? Like, <laughs> oh, I need my films to be high art. <laughs> like, they like it, probably. Uh, the Academy. <laughs> Not even the people that are like even more snobby than the Academy. I'm talking, of course. About. Yeah. The elite of L.A. Not not even necessarily L.A. Like just just the elite film quote unquote fans. I wouldn't if they want to call themselves film fans. If they like exclusively one group of like experimental films or whatever. Right. It's like oh, I only watch films by Jim Jarmusch. <laughs> um. Also, um, I think that of all the movies that we've seen so far in our podcast. Uh, in our podcast, um, if you've been watching this in order, you'll know which ones I'm talking about. Um, so, I mean, do you want me to list them off? What did we talk about last week? Uh, see how I know, they I run. know we did us. See how they run. Oh, see how they run. Oh, yeah. Yep. We did We did Nope, Us. Not Nope. What's the third one? Not Nope. Oh, wait. We, no, we, we did, did Get us. Out. We did Us. Get Out. We did Pray. Um, Pray, that's it. Yep. Uh, okay, yeah, and see how they see, run, and now this. See, oh, yeah, see how they run, and this one. And of all five of those, I think this is the one that I'm more likely to rewatch, just more frequently, really? casually. Yeah, because like us, <clears throat> I've kind of seen it once. I watch it again for the, the, you know, Easter eggs and whatnot. Um, for Get Out, you know, obviously good movie, but again, Easter eggs or details and stuff like that. Um, but they're not. Like I think I mentioned earlier, but to me, I, I want to watch a movie to have fun, to like kind of That's like fair. to enjoy, right? And although I do like quote unquote enjoy movies um, that are like with heavier topics, yeah, like heavier topics or or horror, like more social commentary, yeah, like they're good movies. I just mm-hmm. don't think that it's why I watch a movie. Like what pushes me to watch something repeatedly is something that makes me feel happy and just kind of you know, relax or whatever right um i'm more into movies that you know those kind of making fun of i like movies that are more like that do something new and are unique mm. regardless of what like that can even be a comedy but mm. generally like i like original movies mm. so i'd be more likely i think of all the ones we've done so far i think the two i'd most likely revisit would be get out and us uh, Prey. Oh, Prey. Okay. Yeah, because actually, I really liked Prey. Mm. Like, I thought, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Mm. Um. Yeah, the only movies that I would say that fill in, fit into that fun and easygoing category that I personally like to revisit would be See How They Run and this one. And I didn't think See How They Run was very good compared to other like mysteries. Yeah. I, I think we kind of ripped on it last week. So yeah, we yeah we yeah. yeah. I think we covered that decent yeah. level. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of all we have for Bullet yeah, Train. That's all we got for Bullet Train. Um, all right. Going so over to individual. Let's move on to our weekly recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, individual recommendations, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. So you want to start off, Broth? Sure. Um, my recommendation is actually uh, don't do this, uh, in fact. Um, so it's like, I don't know. I recommend you to not play this game. Uh, and the game is Overwatch. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if I mentioned. I thought you played all the time. I did back in the day. Um, back in the day. Wait, didn't they like turn off the online or they something? They turned off Overwatch One and it turned on Overwatch Two. And this was like 
over the last couple of days. Um, and the Overwatch 2 monetization, and this is the biggest reason why I'm saying don't play it, is just horrible. Um, in the first game, once you <laughs> bought the game, you kind of had access to all the characters. And this game, it's like heavily dependent on the characters. Every character has their own abilities, their own kit. It's not like other games where you you all the characters are the same except for like a handful of things, right? Every character mm -hmm. is inherently unique. Their attacks are unique. And this is in the first Overwatch? This, both Overwatches. Yeah. Okay. Every character is entirely unique. Because I, I, I just want to throw out for the audience, I don't... I haven't played Overwatch. Mm. Um, every character is completely unique in every way, right? Their attacks are unique. The way right. they attack is unique. Their abilities are unique. The way they support the team is unique. All of it's unique. And because of that, okay. um, in the first game, one of the things you could do is you could switch off characters. Like if the enemy team starts doing something that's, you know, destroying your team comp, uh, team comp being like the composition of the characters on your team. So like you have different characters who can do different things. So you want to try to balance out with your teammates to counter enemy yeah. strategies, right? Um, which involves both like using your brain uh, and also playing with the abilities of different characters to support each other, basically, right? Because just because you have the right comp, if you don't have the right strategy, you will suffer. Um, and the mm -hmm. and vice versa is true as well. Uh, right strategy, but wrong comp, you will suffer. Um, and a big part of that was you could switch off any character within your class. Like, they had different classes. Uh, like, they had tanks, they had damage, they had support who could heal and do stuff like that and, like, support your other characters. And if you were a support, you could switch off your current support and switch on to another support if the team comp needed you to do that. Um, but now um, they have a bunch of the characters locked behind, like, uh, these... A paywall. Not a paywall, um... Technically, they're all free, but you have to like work, like you have to pay 130 oh, gotta, games like, or something to get all of them, right? Which like inherently makes the game and the grind worse because if you're constantly getting wrecked because you don't have the right team comp, then you're not gonna want to keep playing the game. That makes the comp like the grind to get those characters harder, right? Um, and like it's just it's not a great experience for new players um and it's all really buggy technically because i have overwatch one i don't need to grind to get all the characters i get it by default for free um when i download overwatch 2 but it's bugged out right now and i don't have most of the characters either so uh, yeah that's pretty bad um and that's not even the worst part the worst part about this game <laughs> is that in the first game once you got it you got like loot boxes and in-game currency that you could get for free and you can get like uh, different like cosmetic upgrades to your characters and stuff like that right um like different skins and different like sprays and stuff like that right um in this game there is no free in-game currency that you can unlock easily um basically uh you have to pay real money to get the battle pass and in a lot of other battle pass games like uh fall guys or um uh fortnite when you get the battle pass, it oh. has enough currency in it that once you complete the battle pass, you can buy the next season's battle pass, right? So it's yeah. like you don't need to keep buying the battle pass every two months or something. But they completely scrapped that. The battle pass, or okay, I shouldn't say scrap. This is the first battle pass that Overwatch has. You don't get any currency in it. You have to spend 10 bucks or something every two months to get the battle pass. And they have skins and cosmetics mm. and stuff locked into it. And you don't get any money back. You get zero in-game currency back from the battle pass. And on top of that, literally everything else in the game, um, including the cosmetic items that are not in the battle pass that you can buy from the store, 
are also the same in-game currency that you have to pay real money for. Um, and their consolation for this is, oh, you can like earn in-game currency by doing weekly challenges, but you get like 60 points per week. Um, you need like a thousand to get the battle pass, and most of the skins are even like more expensive than that. So it's just a ridiculous amount of grinding with that oh, not yeah. that much payoff. And basically, the Screw only that. way you can like get the the skins and all the other things is by paying money. Um, which you could argue, hey, the game isn't you know pay to win because you're not going to be winning because you have a certain skin, right? The all those cosmetic things, they're just, you know, not really important to the mm -hmm. game. But um, with how they're monetizing things right now, it's just not worthwhile. And I don't think it's going to be worthwhile. And Blizzard is also, like, notoriously bad at a lot of things, including the treatment of their employees. Um, I mean, it seems like a, the case with a lot of stuff. They're now. getting, they like were anything, getting sued like, by... Like anything created digitally. They were getting sued by the state of California for, like... Uh, covering up sexual assault oh like that i thought you were talking about like overworked oh they do that too they're well, yeah, they're bad for they are bad relative to the the game industry Ooh. yeah um yeah. fortunately okay. microsoft bought them out um so i'm hoping that over the next couple of months uh because this is still very much blizzard right um right now because microsoft hasn't had that much time to change things mm -hmm. but i'm hoping things get better um but frankly i'm like kind of tempted not to do anything with the game until things get better both in terms of how they run their company and in terms of how they're monetizing and incentivizing different um things inside of overwatch 2 i mean yeah there's plenty of other games out there to play man yeah like horizon which i haven't beaten yet <laughs> <laughs> or minecraft Yes. Yeah. It's been a it's been a minute since I played Minecraft last. I should get back mm. into it. Although I don't have my keyboard and mouse here right now, they're still in California. Um. But yeah, that was my recommendation for this week. Your anti recommendation? Yes. Uh. Don't don't do Overwatch. Stick it to Blizzard. All right. Nice. <laughs> Stick it to Blizzard. Stick it in their ass. Or wait. Maybe that's not the best. <laughs> it's not the best metaphor, considering what you said about them. Yeah, I don't know. Stick it just to a metaphor. Stick it to Blizzard. <laughs> stick it to them. Uh, so my recommendation is, I mean, this it's it's. I think it's already outdated now. It's definitely going to be outdated outdated by the time this episode comes out. But it's Moon Age Daydream, the David Bowie documentary, which at least was in theaters. I don't know if it's like still available many places anymore but if you happen to be if you are able to like catch moon age daydream in a theater i highly recommend it if you like like if you have any familiarity with david bowie and like his music because it's it's not it's not like it's a it's called a documentary but it's like a musical experience because like it's not a traditional documentary where it's like, oh, this is David Bowie as a kid. He used to be like this. And then he was a teenager and he became rebellious. And then he became this famous musician. It's it's like it it, it starts off like with one of his songs and it has like a bunch of clips from movies and stuff that 
one could assume was an influence on his music. Like I'm not, I'm no David Bowie expert, so I can't say for sure, but it's like me, it's clips that evoke the feeling that his music seems to be intending to give you. Like it, it has like clips from, cause you know, David Bowie's character Ziggy Stardust is like this alien, like musician. And he, that, and he like it's a, like it's a character that he played as a musician sort of thing, but it you know it's supposed to be a space character. And they show like clips from space movies, like from uh, War of the Worlds, like the like the 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 old one from like the what is it fifties or something. And they have clips from A Trip to the Moon, which is one of the first movies ever made by George Millier, and like a bunch of other stuff like Metropolis and other like sci fi movies. Like while David Bowie music is like blasting through the speakers and it feels like you're like at a concert, but you have like these like unique visuals going along with it. And then it has like some clips, like interview clips with David Bowie, like on interview talk shows or like in whatever, some kind of documented interviews. And it's just a really, it was probably my, one of my favorite theater experiences of the year. Like I'd say either my first or second favorite. Cause it's up there with the Batman, like because seeing the Batman in theaters just for like the mainly for the sound design for the Batman. But I think with Moon Age Daydream, it was both the the visuals and the sound. So I'd say if I were to pick, I'd say Moon Age Daydream is like the movie this year if you are still able to see it in a theater. Because if you don't see it in a theater, you don't. I would say you don't get the full like experience. And I saw it. I was I was able to see it in IMAX, which was the best way to go because you know they got like the full surround sound and a like a massive screen it was crazy it was awesome Mm -hmm. although one negative and this is just the theater itself one negative was that there was like this so like you know how they have the projectors and they have like the windows the window there to the projectors well they had like lights on behind the projector so on the screen there was like these chunks of space that when the screen was dark you could see like these like blocks of light reflected on the screen. So that was like kind of annoying to see throughout the movie. And it mildly bothered me and slightly soured the experience, but it was still like a great experience. And then also this is really weird. Like 15 minutes before the movie actually ended, the lights turned on in the theater and like they, they turned on and I was like, Oh, this must be the end. But then it kept going and it kept going. And I was like, what, what, what? And then I was like, "Did is someone going to come in here and be like, oh, there's been a bomb threat in the theater or something? Like, I I thought someone was going to walk in and say something, but no. it The movie kept going like normal. And then it ended, and the lights were still on, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess there's something with the light timer or whatever. I don't know how, they, how it works at the theater. But obviously, it's not a person... In control, it's automated. Because if there was a person control, then I'd say you should be fired. Fire, fire that fifteen-year-old. But and then also, this this might this might be connected to that issue with the lighting. Like it might have been like synchronized wrong. Also, when I went when I had my ticket scan because I had a digital ticket, they didn't it didn't like pop up. Like it didn't. They had to like manually look up the theater, which, I mean, it's already on there, so I don't know why they couldn't just look at it and be like, oh, it's theater two or whatever. 
but yeah, my ticket didn't scan, so maybe it was related to that. And st- I don't know. It was just, it was just really a really weird experience outside of the movie, just in the theater itself. Was it an AMC? But the movie, I yes, they're generally pretty nice. So but... yeah, I know. But uh, Nicole Kidman, you you owe me for that. The, the AMC did not make movies better; it made that movie worse <laughs> for me. Uh, so I'm coming, I'm coming after you, Nicole Kidman. She's never gonna, she's never gonna hear this, <laughs> and she wouldn't definitely wouldn't be able to do anything about it either. Yeah, if she if she does hear this, we would love oh. a collab. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome on the podcast, Nicole yeah. Kidman. But what I was, I, I I totally, I was gonna say something else, but I totally forgot. Oh yeah, oh. I, I'm not able to get like a refund on my ticket because I got the AMC Stubbs thing. So like, I don't know. Like, if I went to be like, "Hey, I had a bad theater experience," they'd be like, "Oh, we'll refund your ticket." I'd be like, "Well, I got the Stubbs program, so didn't really cost me anything extra." Like, what are they gonna do? Maybe give me a free popcorn next time? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I didn't say anything to anyone. I should have. I don't know. Like, this is. I'm. I'm gonna go off in a little theater rant here. I think there should be like some kind of like theater attendant button in the theater because i'm like a i'm like a, a completionist like i don't want to miss a movie like if i have to go pee really bad i'm gonna do the best i can to hold it and not miss any of the movie and like in cases like that where there's like an issue with the theater i don't want to like leave and miss some of the movie to tell someone hey there's a light on the screen that's not going away like i don't want to miss the movie to tell someone that like i think there should be like a button like on the wall or something that you can like get up and press to have someone come in and be like is there a problem anyone and then you can walk up to him and be like yeah there's you see that on the, up on the screen there's like a light that's reflecting on there it's kind of kind of annoying and i don't want to get up because i don't want to miss the movie that's why i press the button there i'm sorry to bother you like but it's as you can see it's kind of distracting like they should have like is that a bad idea am i the, am i the only one that thinks that like that'd be useful like a button on the screen because i've had a few other in the past, I've had a few other like theater experiences that were weird, like, uh, like a, I don't know. <laughs> I'm t- there's been something, but yeah, just like if there's an issue with the projector or or like the set or oh, at at one theater I used to frequent in California, it was also an AMC actually. They would sometimes have the air conditioning just like blasting during the movie, like you you could hear it, like you'd be watching the movie and there'd be like a quiet scene and you'd hear the coming from the ceiling like that's when i'd want to press that button i'd press the button and be like hey could you like turn off the ac like i don't want to hear humming coming from the ceiling when it's like a quiet scene like that going over the dialogue if it's during like a big action scene i won't notice it but like it's like they're talking quietly like shh, there's, there's a killer around the corner he wants to come after us it's like in the background but yeah, that's my little theater rant. Put a button in theaters, AMC, and any any theater chain. Nicole Kidman, you know what you got to do. Greg, Nicole, Greg Marcus, Nicole Kidman. I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think with that, um, I think we're done for this week's session. Um, yeah, and uh, next week we're going to be talking about uh, Werewolf by Night, the uh, the Marvel Halloween special episode thing. Or, or are we going to talk about, no, who knows? We'll see. 
Maybe nope.